And so to a younger person, still at school, Queenwood, who's fascinated by brains and what makes them go wrong. Penelope Jin is in Sydney, and I asked her what she'd like to tell you about and was amazed to hear a reply. Dementia. How come Penny? In the early 20th century, a German psychiatrist made a profound discovery. Over five years, he had carefully observed a singular psychiatric patient's deterioration. Auguste Deterre, a woman of only 51, was experiencing what seemed to be untreatable paranoia, sleep disorders, personality changes, confusion, aggressiveness, and above all, rapidly worsening memory loss. Memory loss, previously thought to be an inevitable result of natural decline, should have been exclusive to the elderly. August was far too young to be experiencing dementia, especially of this severity. The psychiatrist described the circumstance as a peculiar, severe disease process of the cerebral cortex. Her case raised the question, was mental confusion in fact a disease? This would suggest it might be preventable and not just an unavoidable indication of ageing. Despite this, his research garnered little public interest until after his death. Today, his groundbreaking discovery lays the foundation for modern understanding of dementia and the disease which takes his name, Alzheimer's. Why does this interest me? I visited my great aunt the holidays just past. She greeted my mum fondly, and whilst she had no memory of my sister or I, was welcoming regardless. She'd look at my cousin-in-law and ask when the baby was due, then she'd turn to me and my sister and comment on what lovely young women we were. It all felt so natural and so normal, but then she'd loop back, and we just cycled through the same questions and the same conversation until lunchtime. It was upsetting to be reminded of the decline of such a bright woman, but her behaviour interested me. She remembered my mum instantly, not only by name, but she remembered when my mum left China to study in Australia. She could not recall what she'd eaten that day, but she was able to spontaneously locate a photo album in her house. The human mind is extraordinarily complex, a dichotomy of strength and fragility. Talking with my great aunt made this clear to me, and she inspires my interest in the mind. So, to understand memory loss and its underlying causes, we need to explore the brain's structure. The brain is composed of billions of neurons, each connected to thousands of others through synapses. When we form memories, these synapses undergo structural and functional changes, strengthening the connection between neurons. But in conditions like Alzheimer's, this process goes awry. There are two ways this can happen. The first is the accumulation of abnormal protein deposits known as beta amyloid plaques that interfere with the functioning of neurons. Beta amyloid proteins and their plaques do occur naturally in healthy brains. The difference is that the buildup is usually cleared away at an equivalent rate to the plaque formation. Glial cells, and more particularly microglia, are responsible for waste management in our brains. They destroy toxins, debris, and protein collections like amyloid plaques. In Alzheimer's-afflicted brains, microglia fail, impairing both the formation and retrieval of memories. This failure can be explained in two ways. The first is that glial cells are unable to efficiently clear amyloid plaques due to insufficient energy supply or dysfunction. There are also findings to suggest that amyloid plaques actually activate microglia, which should promote the clearance of amyloid plaques 
but when overactivated will induce the release of too many inflammatory mediators, causing further damage to synapses. Either way, we can understand that Alzheimer's disease is associated with insufficient removal of amyloid plaques that then weakens neural communication. The second hallmark of Alzheimer's is neurofibrillary tangles. These are twisted strands of another protein called tau, which further contribute to the degeneration of brain cells. In healthy neurons, internal support structures called microtubules help to guide nutrients. Tau normally binds to and stabilizes microtubules. However, in cases of Alzheimer's disease, chemical changes cause tau proteins to detach from microtubules and stick to other tau molecules instead. This forms threads that eventually tangle inside of neurons. Tangles block the neurons' transport system, which harms the synaptic communication between neurons. These two factors engage with one another to degenerate the Alzheimer's-affected brain. In some cases, tau proteins only begin to spread rapidly when beta amyloid levels reach a tipping point. At first, Alzheimer's disease destroys neurons in parts of the brain involved in memory. Auguste Dutour was often shown objects that she could identify, a pencil, a key, a cigar, but she was simply unable to recall them after. When asked for the name of her husband, she replied with her own name. This signaled deterioration of her hippocampus, responsible for both the formation and retrieval of memories. The condition later affects areas in the brain responsible for language, reasoning, and social behaviour. Auguste Dutour was recorded to have experienced auditory hallucinations and screaming fits. Interviews record her speech full of cryptic outbursts and derailments. By the final stages of Alzheimer's, as neurons are injured and die out, entire brain regions begin to shrink. This explains the shriveled appearance on MRIs often associated with dementia. After Auguste Dutour's death, Alzheimer conducted an autopsy on her brain using silver staining. He found those exact markers, plaques between neurons and tangles inside them. Undoubtedly, this doesn't cover all the factors involved. The National Institute on Aging puts it well that Alzheimer's is both a cause and consequence of vascular problems. The same can be said about much else. Cognitive decline results in lowered rates of cognitive engagement, social interaction and physical activity. Paradoxically, it is the absence of these things that directly worsen the condition. On the flip side, lifestyle factors can be used to our advantage to prevent memory loss. Balanced diets rich in antioxidants and omega-3 fatty acids, regular exercise and challenging mental activities like puzzles and talking to people are all shown to have a protective effect on the brain. Alzheimer's isn't the only type of dementia, but it is the most common, and whilst older age is a major risk factor, old age does not cause Alzheimer's. Tangles and plaques cause dementia, and these features can be present in young brains too. This understanding of the delicate science behind memory loss gives us deeper insights into the challenges faced by dementia patients and their families. Empathy for dementia patients and their loved ones becomes even more essential as we recognise the profound impact these conditions have on their lives. Through empathy and understanding, we can provide better care, support and patience to those affected by dementia, helping them maintain dignity and a sense of connection despite the challenges they may face. Additionally, knowledge of preventative methods empowers us to adopt lifestyle choices that may reduce the risk of memory decline as we age, promoting brain health and overall well-being. 
By grasping the scientific basis of memory loss, we can appreciate the fragility of memory and the immense value of cherished experiences that may gradually slip away to time. Seek medical advice if you or a loved one are experiencing concerning symptoms or suspect the onset of dementia. Early intervention and proper care can make a significant difference in managing the condition. Well, Penny, that was very instructive, but how did you research all that when only 16 and still at school? I would say that the research is manageable because I find it genuinely interesting. And I don't think that's because I'm unusually nerdy or anything. I've just been lucky to have an environment that encourages me to explore my interests. I've got the most incredible biology teacher who talks about the science of the human body in a way that really makes sense to me. I have an amazing teacher for theory of knowledge. He studied the mind at Harvard, so he really knows what he's talking about. But more importantly, he encourages curiosity and nuanced discussion, which inspires me to then do my own reading. And now I've got this amazing opportunity to speak here, and that has been really motivating and I hope offers something new for you. Yes, for you, the listener. Thanks, Penelope Jin at Queenwood School in Sydney. 16. Yes, the science show on RN.